Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. With home networking becoming one of the most in-demand tech categories during the pandemic, one company that's really helped integrators serve their customer needs is Access Networks. Recently, it also made news as founder Hagai Feiner handed over the CEO reins to Bryce Nordstrom. I talked recently to Hagai and Bryce to learn more about why now was the right time for this move, what Bryce and Access Networks have in store for 2021, and how Hagai plans to further stamp his legacy on the industry. Hagai Feiner, founder of Access Networks, and Bryce Nordstrom, former chief sales officer and new CEO of Access Networks. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. So guys, let's just start off by, you know, just giving a brief overview of the company. We've certainly covered it quite a bit on CE Pro over the years, but just in case there's still some integrators who are unfamiliar with Access Networks, who you guys are, how long you've been around, what you do, and how you differentiate yourselves uh, from the competition. Hagai, let's, uh, I'll, I'll have you handle that one to start us off. Sure. Um, so Access Networks has been around since really 2003. Um, we were very small. I was a one-man show for a long time. Uh, really started growing at a rapid rate uh, in 2010. And the premise and the existence of Access Networks really came to be when I met an integrator um, at a very nice home in Beverly Hills. And I realized that no one was really installing a network. They were just installing all the AV equipment. Um, they didn't have anything on the network except for the Crestron processor at that point. So Wi-Fi and, and a hardwired network didn't really make sense for them to go and deploy. And in those conversations and watching them work and all of the amazing things they were installing, I started thinking, hey, we could really build a business off of this and service all of these guys' clients. Because at the time, this was my only client where I was doing their home and all the other business I was doing was commercial. And uh, I connected with uh, Signals Audio Video Took a couple of months for Todd DeAngelis to take my call and actually have a meeting with me. He kept trying to put it off and ignoring me. And eventually decided, all right, I'll put this to bed and take this guy's call and, and meet with him. Yeah, now everyone takes your uh, takes your call first thing. <laughs> and so ever since then, you know, by the way, Signals Audio Video is still a client. Uh, and I'm very proud of that fact. Not a lot of technology companies get to keep clients and say, our first client is still a client almost two decades later. Uh, really learned integration. You know, I, I immersed myself in the integration world and was stunned to see all of the amazing things that our channel does in a residential environment and thought that we would be a great quarterback, if you will, for any integrator out there that is looking to amplify their networking skills, knowledge, and deployment, and at the same time, didn't have that uh, knowledge in-house. And so essentially what we are is a technology outsource for the integrators specifically focused on networking in the residential space. And we do everything that we do with enterprise grade networking gear. So we work with Bruckus and Sophos. And so you can order a complete system from us. Well, we have a design process. We'll do site surveys and hold your hand from soup to nuts and let you go deploy any size network you want, uh, any job you could bid and make sure that it's successful. So. A guy, when when would you say it was kind of that tipping point between, you know, home networking being a thing that you guys did and when it really became this kind of mission critical thing and all these devices are going to be on the network? Was there a, a, a moment you could 
or a year that you can kind of pinpoint when that really sort of turned the tide? You know, I, I felt that way from day one, where, you know, seeing the integrator use uh, serial communications to, to communicate with all the devices, they're literally serial ports and COM ports on everything. And I thought that uh, Wi-Fi and Ethernet are going to win the connectivity game because of the, the ability of those technologies to help so many dev devices communicate with such bandwidth and no distance limitations and all those good things that come with a solid network. But the tipping point for me and where I really got that sense of we, we have arrived. No, the network has arrived into the channel was actually in 2012 when Cedia decided to finally, finally recognize networking as a discipline within the residential technology world. Until then, you'd walk into Cedia to the show and you would see, you know, AV and distribution and, you know, all of the stuff that our channel is used to. Um, and then all of a sudden in 2012, finally, we, we were recognized as a, you know, as a, as a part of their business. And so to me, that was that turning point where finally we've made it. We're now part of what Cedia is announcing when you walk into the show. Um, and the, that was essentially the, the validation, if you will. Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, I think we all kind of remember that sort of, okay, CD has gotten into this. You know, we've been hearing about companies, you know, leading with home automation, leading with home theater. And now in the last few years, it's certainly, okay, we're going to lead with home network. And that kind of good is a good lead into, let's say this past year, if you want to say it's been just about a year since the pandemic took hold, everyone's been home. Families have been home, workers have been at home, kids have been at home doing uh, distance learning. So the networks have been super strained. And, you know, we've certainly covered that a lot on CE Pro. Uh, definitely have had the, the assistance of you guys in helping us kind of spread that message. You know, Bryce, I wanted to ask you in terms of this last year, um, has it really kind of put the home network in sort of that extra spotlight? What that has done to access networks in terms of, you know, how have your how have your dealers been approaching this sale, and how have you, as uh, as chief sales officer, been really assisting them along with the rest of your team there? You know, you know for the last as long as I've been working for Access, which is over seven years now, we we you know our message is always that the network was the the, the foundation of the connected home, right? It was always the thing that that kind of made everything connect and. Um, you know, that was, we kind of see that being embraced more recently in the last three or four years where that really started to hit home with a lot of integration companies, you know, there was a lot that got it. And then there was a few that were, you know, kind of figuring it out. How do we do this? How do we make this work? How do we be profitable doing it? You know, those kind of things. Um, and this last year, it's just the proof is in the pudding. As soon as you start stress, stress testing these networks with everybody at home with, you know, dad working from home, mom working from home, the kids going to school from home. Um, and you have a huge emphasis on upload speed, regardless of download speed now. Um, and those having to be somewhat symmetrical in a lot of cases where we didn't see that in the past and the capabilities of the products that are in the home being able to support higher ISP speeds. Um, and that also what we would call airtime fairness. So making sure that these devices can all operate at their required bandwidth and their required uh, capability 
while making sure that other devices can do the same thing. That's something that really wasn't evident, uh, especially outside of um, our product line. So in other manufacturers lines, it was something that really wasn't being stress tested on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. And I think that's the big difference. Um, when we started seeing this, this uptick for us on the number of solutions that we were shipping out in the field, it really came down to other solutions that were just kind of falling flat when they were stress tested in this way. And so that's where we've, we've always had that ability to win uh, in that case. And now it's just, it's just proven at that point. Yeah, I would think that the, the numbers kind of started popping like a pinball machine during, uh, you know, during the last summer, especially as, as people needed to prepare a bit more for when, hey, you know, when are these schools going to open? Oh, it seems like everyone's going to at least be starting the fall with everyone at home. Um, what about in terms of um, in terms of the dealer support, uh, you know, giving them a better handle on here, how you start this conversation how you demo the products, obviously, I guess it depends on, you know, how, how comfortable people were with having a dealer in their home. I know um, we recently ran an article about one of your, one of your dealers in Connecticut, I believe, who was doing some side-by-side -side comparisons yeah. where he'd walk through the home, he'd have the, you know, the regular, the DIY type product, off the shelf product there, and then show the difference between yours. Um, what about different things like that, or even education when it comes to, you know, adding more access points in a home, things, things like that, Bryce, you what, know, um, how for do us, those conversations go? Yeah, for us, it wasn't any different, because we've been doing that message for years. We've been screaming from the rooftops about, you know, Wi-Fi coverage and how many APs per, per square feet or square foot of the home, and what kind of uh, things you need to ask your client about how they use their devices, what kind of devices they have. And we've been saying this stuff for years and we've been screaming it from rooftops for years. And when we actually, when actually you're at the rooftop now and somebody down below is saying, what, <laughs> what did you say? Okay, now I get it. You know, it wasn't for us in, in the education side and, and the, and the um, proposition that we bring as a business, as a company, to, as a partner, um, it really wasn't a change in anything that we had to do there. We just had a, a huge influx of people that we had to communicate that to effectively. And so the message wasn't different. It was just how we had to go about delivering the message in an effective and efficient manner. Yeah. And so your so your existing dealers were already super well prepared with what to do. What and what about were you were you picking up many new oh, dealers last yeah. year? Or did you have a lot of guys come to you and say, "Hey, you know, I used to install this, but you know, I." Clearly what my client's needing now are really some enterprise grade stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things when you're, when you, and we all experience this at our homes, um, more so probably than our places of business at our home, when something's not quite right at your home, you have this reaction of, ah, I'll go to dinner. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just going to go out to dinner. I don't need to worry about that. Or, Hey, this isn't, you know, the backyard's not quite the way we want it to be, but let's go on vacation. Right. And we don't have to worry about right. our backyard. Work well, on it down the line. Right. You can't go on vacation. So now you're sitting in your backyard going, well, I want to sit, I want to sit outside and work, but my Wi-Fi sucks out here. So I need to fix that. So that's the, the mindset that we saw just explode beginning in, in Q2. And you were talking about the pinball machine. It wasn't a pinball machine for us. It was the pinball went to the top of the machine and just stuck there. And, <laughs> and we was had it was to, on tilt. <laughs> yeah, it was on tilt. We had to stay up with that pinball, you know, at the top of the machine the, the rest of the year. So, and we're still feeling it now. It's, it hasn't really changed. So. Gotcha. So, you know, clearly, uh, as we've kind of talked about over the years, uh, you know, it's safe to say that 
your company has, has really carved out its name in this industry and really been a leader in, in the field. Um, so that kind of leads us into you know, the big recent announcement that we wanted to talk about, which was Hagai's handing over the reins to Bryce as CEO. And Hagai, um, you know, talk to us from your perspective, why was now the right time to do that? So initially the plan was really to, to observe what happens in 2020 and make that decision 21 and towards the end of the year, probably make that announcement. And the reason we pushed up the timeline is because we were ready. Bryce has been ready. Um, Bryce ran his own business and is still involved in it uh, from, day, from time to time, day to day, uh, which is an integration business. He comes from an integration background and he understands our clients, I think, better than anyone inside Access. And so in the last couple of years, we've been working closely ever since we've decided we're going to start walking in that direction. Um, he's been part of every decision that I've made. And in a lot of ways, like you said, maybe on the face of access, but in the background there is, you know, Bryce pulling all the levers. And so I'm perfectly happy and okay with it because I don't need to be, you know, everything for everyone. I can play my role, the role that the company needs me to play and allow players that are stronger than me to step into roles where that's, that's their destination. And so I really felt that Bryce not only has shown us what he can do. And, you know, if you look at our growth trajectory, uh, since he uh, took the, the chief sales position, it's just been like this. And a lot of it's been steady. And of course, you know, we've been, it's always been the same message, which is what we believe is our truth is that we are the best uh, because we are. We really believe that it's not something arrogant. It, it is true. And so we have, we've sent that message out to the industry. We've repeated that message. We've performed accordingly in the field. We've supported our integrators and Bryce has been spearheading those efforts. And so who better than someone who understands the business, takes ownership, ownership, leads the team, and then ultimately delivers the results. And so uh, in a year like 2020, such a difficult year in, in March, we, nobody knew what this is going to do to our channel. Uh, come to find out our channel is essential. Come to find out, of course, home networking is, uh, is a category that's probably growing the fastest in our channel. And we've seen so much work where even in, everybody here in the office went home. Everybody worked from home except for logistics. And we still managed to pull through and grow and help our clients deliver these solutions. And so the time is right and here we are. Awesome. So it sounded like you had every confidence in Bryce in terms of both uh, a business mindset with dealing with this kind of change, but also from you know a personality standpoint that he he has the fortitude to handle this. Yeah, I've, I've had some conversations um, early on with key individuals that I, where I value their opinion and threw this out and said, well, this is where we're going. What do you think? And all votes of confidence. And so I knew it's going to be a successful transition. And I also committed to making it one. And I still am. And so in a sense, I work for Bryce now. If he needs something from me, I'm here. Uh, I'll do whatever I need to do to make us successful. And everybody is on the same boat with us doing the same thing. 
All right, Bryce, you've got that on record now. So uh, don't forget to take a guy up on that. But uh, he said Bryce, it before. I don't know if it actually carries out <laughs> off the call, but <laughs> well, no, there, there is some truth to it. So we're, we're recording this. This will be on the podcast. So, yeah, you know, you he can't throw it back in your face. It's, it's there in, uh, you know, stone as they speak. But uh, Bryce, from your perspective now, obviously, um, you've got some pretty big shoes to fill there. Um, in terms of like Haggai said, he's, you know, obviously he has been kind of the face of the company, um, but the dealers have been dealing with you. But now, of course, you know, you've got the rest of the channel that you're going to be dealing with. I know, obviously, you deal with them at trade shows like Cedia and have done so for years anyway. But you know what, just uh, let's hear a little bit more about about you, uh, just about your background, about how you got into this field and everything, just to, you know, show some of your personality a little bit about, you know, what you bring to this position, as well as any kind of lessons that you've learned along the way, especially in your role as the sales officer, that you think have really kind of prepared you for this, uh, you know, for this moment. So, you know, as far as my background concern is concerned, I, I started working at a very early age. I think I was, I was, you know, fairly driven from pretty early on. I, I got a paper out as soon as I could get a paper out, like 12, 12 and a half years old. And I lived, just to give you an idea what that looked like, I lived in Alaska at the time, Anchorage, Alaska. And so having a paper route meant that you had to walk through sometimes two or three feet of snow to deliver newspapers at five o'clock in the morning. So, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't not deliver the paper. They would, they would, you'd hear the snowmobile go by and your group of newspapers land in your driveway and you'd have to go out in the snow and give them and bag them up and then take them out and deliver them. So, um, you know, that work ethic I've, I've had since a very young age. Um, and then I, I really, my career started after high school. I went into car audio, which there's a lot of people in the industry that started out in car. Audio. Yeah. That seems to be a popular career. Yeah, path. I, I run into them all the time. And a lot of them actually had, had known of or had met before, but didn't realize, you know, that they'd made that same transition that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the integration business, um, I worked for several different integration companies, worked as a sales rep, uh, regional sales rep for a uh, um, manufacturer's rep for a period of time. Um, and then went to work uh, on my own company uh, right after the recession. So 2008 or so, 2006 is when we officially started, but 2008 was really kicked off. Worked as an integrator for uh, for a period of time. And then um, in 2012, I was what they called the integrator in the booth for Access Networks at Cedia. So I was there speaking the language of the integrators, you know, because I was feeling the same pain they were feeling, especially at that point with all of the new uh, technologies that were being added to the network and that really starting to, to have um, critical mass uh, in, in the market. And then uh, 2013, a guy and I talked and I came on board. So I've been with and started out as a, as a regional territory salesperson for, for access. Um, you know, I think what the things that I've learned, learned uh, most probably around this whole, this whole, uh, transition and then just just moving through the access networks over the last few years is probably just put your head down and continue to work i mean it you know there's times where it's easy to get uh when we hear things in the market when we see things happening in the market when we see acquisitions you know that may or may not affect us you know we and you and you see those things and your knee-jerk reaction is to go like wait a minute how does that affect us what are we going to sure. do you know you start to round all the troops and you go how are we going to deal with this and and then you think about it and you step back and you go wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. What we're doing is working. We put our head down, we do the work, we stay the course, we listen. And that's one of the other big lessons that I've learned is 
is, you know, what, what I brought to Access Networks was a point of view and, and of, the integration, of the integration of the integrator of those companies. And that's what Hagai liked about my message, I think, when we first met was I can bring this to Access and we can take this with us and, and make something, make, you know, really change how we interface with, with our partners. And you can't lose sight of that. So can you grant all the wishes? Absolutely not. But can you listen to all the wishes and figure out which ones you can grant? Absolutely. And that's what we should do as companies in this industry, especially in an industry that is very, is still so young compared to other professional trades that are out there. You look at, you know, plumbing and electric electricians and all these things. These are hundred year old and sometimes more than that industries. So when we are listening to integration companies about what they need, what they want, where they want to go, where they see their businesses going. We are, we're all in this together to make sure that we create an industry that continues to exist. And that when we talk about partnering, that's what we're focused on. That's what we as a company look at and say, you know, how do we make sure that we deliver the finest network experience? And if we can't do that, how do we make the relationship right regardless of that? So, you know, that's, that's a lot of where I really have taken, what I've taken out of my time so far with Axel. Yeah, it's a great point about the industry too. And it's something that I don't think, you know, many guys tend to think about, but when you put it into context with those other industries, and I think of even like the, the electronic security industry coming from the physical security industry that goes back, you know, 150 years for some of those brands. It's, oh, absolutely. it's amazing yeah, to think about. We're infants. I mean, we're, we're, exactly. we're starting to walk, you know? Exactly. And as we're doing that, uh, you know, we're evolving and we're picking up new categories, new new product offerings, things in the portfolio. I'm sure the guys who, who started back in home theater well, you know, could not have envisioned how important something like the network would, you know, would eventually become back when we were using, you know, 56K dial-up or something. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing about it, though, too, if you look at what's happening, you know, we're an infant industry that's just starting to, to get its legs under it. And we're in an industry where the technology moves faster than the industry. So we're, we're, you know, we've got two things that we've got to contend with where if you look at plumbing, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they make great, you know, accomplishments and new plumbing fixtures and new ways of doing things. But, you know, how quickly is their technology moving ahead of their trade? It, it's not n- nearly the same as what we see. Right. So it's a, it's a very interesting, I think that's, one of the reasons why I love it so much is just because there's so many challenges and so many new things every day that you've got to contend with and you've got to look and, and you got to have a team of people around you and partners around you that take all of those things on the chin and all right, let's put our head down. Let's figure this out and let's move forward. Yeah. And it's always exciting to hear, hear about companies, brands that are changing and doing and taking on those challenges and, and integrators that are taking on those challenges in new and exciting ways from our standpoint at CE Pro. It's, um, you know, we learn from every everyone that we talk to, so it's it's great in that way. Yep. Now, it, speaking of new challenges, uh, Hagai, we wanted to get back to you. Obviously, you're going to be helping Bryce with the transition, like you mentioned, and you're going to be on the executive board there. Uh, but it sounds like you have your own exciting new plans in the works in terms of a career move. So, what can you tell us about this, and you know how it's been inspired? Ooh, that's a big one. So I, I would like to, to touch on a point that, that Bryce just made. 
uh, regarding our industry and, and where we're positioned in, in the home. And then I'll switch over to, to your question. I think that it's time for the Cedia channel to strive to become the first trade, not the fourth. Meaning when you design a home, initially it's mechanical electrical plumbing. What we do should be right up there with those trades. If not the first thing you think about because technology is evolving so quickly. And because if we've learned anything in the last 12 months is that we are critical to the home and maybe more so than other trades. Sure, you need power in order to function uh, and you need water and, and plumbing and HVAC and all of that. But what is that home worth to you as a homeowner without all the tech in it and especially connectivity? And so I think that's a good goal for all of us to strive for. And I'd love to see CDA, both CDA and Emerald go after something like that. Sure. And when you boil down, really, every home with all the devices, every home is a smart home these days, right? So it makes, it makes perfect sense. Some tech in it. The question is, did someone integrate it as a DIY? DIY is really a lead into what we do, but a lot of homeowners don't even know we exist or our integrators exist. Either way, that's something I'd love to see. Um, it actually does tie into my next effort. And so um, I always have always been fascinated with design and architecture. I actually wanted to study architecture when I went to Santa Monica City College, when my dad said that he wouldn't support me, wouldn't buy my books, wouldn't pay my rent if I didn't study um, computers and networking and everything that he thought would be where the, if you will, the money is. Mm. And he thought I would go broke if I tried to do anything else. <laughs> so he was hard-headed and I had to relent and I begrudgingly went to and took uh, programming classes and learned COBOL. I had nothing to do. I just it was it was a disaster for me. I made it through. Uh, I got my grades, and I also took a lot of business classes. And this is how all of this happened, right? So, as much as I resented him at, at the time, it was a good move for me. But I always gravitated towards design and interior design, and you know, space space design, ergonomics, and. Um, I was afforded the opportunity of kind of getting back into it through Access Networks when I saw, I actually visited the now um, non-existent Meridian space in New York and saw that they had this huge kitchen in the middle of their office. And I was so impressed with that and decided to take that back to Access and that yielded our first, our, our third office in, uh, in Encino here, which had a wonderful kitchen. We constructed it on our own. We leased that space, ultimately ended up buying a building here in Valencia and replicating that setup here, but you know, bigger, better. Um, and really seeing the construction process and the product that you can yield um, made me think about not just the, the space and my passion for it, but culture. What does that breed when you create beautiful spaces and comfortable spaces for your team when you insist on every detail? And that is really kind of the tie back into real estate and design work uh, that I've had, and it helped improve lives here at the office. Uh, same thing happened when we bought the Easton building. Um, I was very passionate about that location, that space. And I right, that's out in Pennsylvania, right? Easton, Pennsylvania. Yep. And um, it's to me, it's like my masterpiece. Right? I put a lot of work into it, and it it really does show. You walk in and you feel it. It's a beautiful building. And so as Bryce started talking to me about becoming CEO, I started thinking, so what am I going to do? 
And I thought, hey, I should really develop that. I should pursue that. And I should also find some time to take a vacation at some point. But real estate and design really attract me. And so that's been my magnet since forever. And so that is now going to live in the form of Platform 5. You can go to platform5.com. It's not really officially launched. So you can see the preview of what it's going to look like. But essentially, it's a real estate ownership and management company that I'm growing slowly. And uh, part of those buildings are the Access Networks building, but also a lot of residential apartments where we would find projects, buy a building, renovate, and, and occupy. So. so was that something that you had been you know, taking certain courses for, education for over the years? It sounded like with Easton, you really had you know, some great hands-on experience working with some of the other trades on that, uh, on that project. I learned on the job. My, my dad was a carpenter. And so I've been around construction projects since forever. And when I came here, actually after the 94 earthquake, we constructed a lot of fences, the brick fences that were cinder block fences that fell over, we would replace with wood fences. And so we, we worked really hard in those days and it was really an easy transition for me. Um, but what I also want to do with Platform 5, uh, being a real estate company, is I want to find a building that allows us to, to create a space, a storefront um, at the bottom of the building where we would start a, you know, call it a school, call it what have you. But I, I'd like to find a way to introduce more young people into our industry to address our labor shortages. And so absolutely, yeah, will be the platform for that little operation and i'm gonna of course create an industry outreach uh to to make this happen um and find integrators to be our if you will instructors and maybe cdo will be involved to some level but that's going to happen in easton um in somewhere we know and understand the market and uh i think you know probably a couple of years from now that's my goal to have that uh, place up and running and essentially just take young you know young people and show them what it is that we can do and why they should be part of our industry i really think that that why is missing it's been missing for a long time people don't know who we are what we do when they hear that you know i'm in the home networking business people kind of laugh but it's they only laugh because they don't understand it and once you show them what our channel can do and this is what i really love about access is the fact that we do uh, have a part uh, in the project that's critical, but what shines is everything else, the stuff that we enable. Um, it's it's mind-blowing. If you see some of those installations that our integrators execute, it's just unbelievable. And so it's not going away. We're not going to get any less connected. We're only going to be more connected. We're going to do more things. There's going to be more technology. If you look at uh, lighting and how that's exploding now as far as tunable lighting, um, it, it, there's a future there. And so on one hand, you have an amazing industry with a labor shortage. And then on the other hand, you have college kids that don't know what to do with themselves. Someone needs to, to be the connector here. And I think that Access Networks and Platform 5 can fulfill a role in, in that need. Yeah, I love how that's all interconnected. And, you know, we, as um, we've been working this week on our, our March issue that'll be coming out soon, that as has those uh, award-winning projects from the Mark of Excellence uh, program that the CTA Smart Home Division does. And the network is all over those. It's, you know, integrators talking about how they needed to put in a reliable 
a reliable network that covers indoors, covers outdoors, covers homes that are, you know, way the heck out in the mountains, things like that. It's, I mean, it definitely all ties together and, you know, certainly um, start them young to get them interested in, in this job. You know, you can, you can definitely learn from uh, hiring the old paper boys of the, of the world, like Bryce there. <laughs> so coming full circle then and talking about the future, uh, Bryce, let's just, let's wrap up with you in terms of, you know, other things that um, Access Networks has on the way. You're in the, you know, the pilot seat now. Um, tell us anything you can uh, that you'd like to share about other personnel moves that um, are possibly being made or have been made. Uh, any kind of markets that you're looking at. I, I understand you guys are, are checking out commercial possibilities and just anything else you could share with us about the roadmap uh, for 2021 as, as we get moving more into this year. Sure. Um, yeah. So we have made some, you know, with my moving up into the CEO position, we've, we had to a uh, space to fill. Uh, we didn't fill it as a chief sales officer, but we did take uh, Ben Duro, who was our uh, director of North American sales and moved him into uh, an executive team level uh, position as a VP of sales, taking on more and more of the tasks that I was doing on the day-to-day. -day. So uh, we're continuing to evolve him as well as other people in the company. Um, Haley Patterson's been added to, who's our, our director of business development. She's been added to our executive team meetings as well. Um, and we're just, we're, we're hiring and we're constantly trying to find good network engineers because um, we're, we're, you know, we, we uh, continue to grow and we, and we always need to add the, that talent to the team. Um, you know, just maturing as a company and adding additional positions to fill needs, internal needs, you know, HR, those kind of things that, you know, companies of, of 45 to 50 people need. Um, so we're working on a lot of that stuff. As far as, you know, products are concerned, uh, we have some new access points coming out this, this year. We'll continue to evolve the Wi-Fi 6 um, access. Right. Points. Clearly, I was going to mention that. Obviously, that's got to impact the business going forward. Yeah. The, you know, the business, as far as uh, the, the, the type of access points we're selling, Wi-Fi 6 is by far the winner at this point. You know, if you were to total up all of the different models out there, we still have some very good options for non-Wi-Fi 6, but, you know, it's pretty much Wi-Fi 6 or die at this point. <laughs> Um, and we have, uh, we have, uh, so a new outdoor coming, uh, another entry level indoor access point coming that are both Wi-Fi six later this year. Um, some additional things on the switch side, uh, that will be coming out. The, the big one for us though, and we're, we're really close to launching this. Uh, we're just putting the final details on it. Um, this week and next week is our, our cloud service for Wi-Fi control. So a very specific, um, uh, system that is designed to make integrators lives very easy for deployment and configuration and troubleshooting. Uh, but keeping the same, you know, things that we've built our brand on the access networks brand on ruckus flavor, you know, and keeping that cloud now introducing that cloud component where they can deploy in a matter of minutes with an entry level tech in the field and somebody in the office managing the site. Um, and obviously the good part of dealing with us is having us to support their deployments uh, and their technicians in the field at a higher level and, and obviously being able to escalate to ruckus if, if we ever need to. Uh, so there's that cloud service is going to be a game changer uh, for a lot of it's called ARC. Um, it's going to be a game changer for a lot of integration companies as they move into what the future, the next level of, of Wi-Fi and the next level of network deployment. Uh, and, you know, moving into the later part of this year and, and next year, you'll see a bunch of things that are become a part of what that cloud service is. 
and really, really getting down to streamlining the deployment side and managing those, those systems. So that's, you know, the product side of things mm-hmm. um, that we're going with. And uh, there's just a lot, of, a lot of work to be done. Uh, we've got a bunch of other things in, in the works, but we're not ready to quite announce those yet. So how about in terms of uh, commercial or resi-mercial? I know we've written a lot about resi-mercial on CE Pro. Is that something that you guys are looking more into where obviously the enterprise grade background that you have would, would certainly come in handy there with, with dealers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've, we've, we're, we've gotten our feet wet in the MDU business. Um, so we've, we've kind of adjusted that learning curve there. Uh, I think we're through it or on, the, on the other end of that learning curve anyway. Um, and then on the resi-mercial slash commercial side, uh, we've made some specific hires um, that are now in training to you know, basically understand how Access Networks works as a company, how we deliver our products, what our messaging is. Those people, we have a couple people that have been hired um, that are going to be moving in that direction. And we will be building out that, that team of people that is specific to the commercial market. Uh, you know, kind of a more of a white glove service like we do on the residential side, but commercially focused. And, uh, you know, obviously our systems play well in commercial because we use enterprise. So it makes it relatively easy for us from the network configuration side. Uh, it's more about really understanding the projects and the type of projects that we'll be involved in. You know, we're obviously, I don't think we're going to be geared for, you know, 60,000, you know, seat stadiums and those, which are all empty right now, but, you know, I don't think we're going to be geared for those things. Um, but definitely where a lot of the residential integration companies get pulled into, you know, I did this great system for this guy who owns this company and he now owns this small sports team and he's got a 10,000 seat arena that he wants to put Wi-Fi in for all of his, you know, people that are coming to the games. And so those kind of things, you know, um, uh, boutique hotels, restaurants, uh, education to some extent, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there and there's a lot of residential companies that are getting pulled that direction for a couple of reasons from our view. One is residential companies are, are maturing to the capability levels of pulling off those size projects. And, and the other one is um, that a lot of the very large AV commercial integrators don't pick up that. They, it's kind of almost viewed as scraps to them, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there in that middle ground for, um, for a lot of you know, good residential integration companies to pick up a lot of commercial work. And I know from my company and, and my experience with, with my own integration company, when we were going, coming out of the recession, our, um, our business was about 80% commercial because it was almost recession-proof. And we were, doing, and we were in Southern California in one of the hardest hit housing markets in, in the country. And we were doing about 20% residential. Now, by the time I left and came to work for Access and passed that baton on to my wife, we were almost all residential back the other direction. But now I look at what she's doing with the company and she's back to almost all commercial again. So it's, it's just this you know, ebb and flow that you have. And the, and the thing is, is being disciplined in both, both categories makes it easy to have that ebb and flow. And that's what we're trying to do with access networks on the network side, is being able to move, make that move back and forth depending on what the market strengths are. Yeah, and we've heard the same, you know, certainly the same thing. And uh, it's, it's amazing how that happened because exactly you know, after the recession, it was you need commercial to stay afloat. But now just in the last, you know, couple of years, you know, we've seen at some of the past CD expos, a lot more, you know, automation manufacturers uh, really pushing commercial 
you know, AV distribution companies pushing commercial, resi-mercial, things like that. So it, it just, yeah, it seems like a natural path for you guys that you already are giving your dealers the skill sets that they'll have to really play uh, a lot more into that thing. Um, yeah, sure. that, you know, that's, that's the big one for us, uh, along with the products. And the other one is just streamlining our processes, making it easier to do business with us from the integrator's perspective. We've got, uh, you know, a new portal. We have a really good portal now, but we're looking to launch a brand new portal later this year that will add a bunch of automation and, um, and ways to do business with us to really make it easier. You know, everybody wants that, that kind of Amazon reality where you just push a button and it shows up at the door. And, you know, we've got to, as an industry, we've got to work better at that. And Access Networks is doing our part. We've hired, you know, developers to, to work on those problems and, and solve them. And so it's, it's, again, it's, it's, you know, great products, great solutions, great service, but make it easy to make it, to make those things accessible, right? Make, make that, that as accessible as possible. Nice. Well, it's a very exciting time. Uh, I want to congratulate both of you guys on the, you know, the new endeavors and uh, wish you the best of luck. And, and really thanks again for, uh, for joining us on the CE Pro podcast and, and sharing uh, everything with us this week. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.